Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, welcoming you to another episode of our Deep Waters Delta Green scenario. You know, when we first started this, uh, this homebrew, I actually thought that this was going to be uh, probably two episodes, maybe the second one a little bit longer. Um, and imagine my surprise when we went for three episodes and not only three, but we're going for a fourth episode too. I can't believe it. If it actually goes beyond the fourth episode, we're going long. We're going to make this thing. That's going to be a long fourth episode, but I don't think that's going to be the case. But at any rate, you guys got to enjoy episode three of this Deep Waters run through. I tell you, we had a blast running this. Junior Radke and I sat down one day and we just started banging out some extra time on this one, uh, this one scenario. And I think it really played well. I think that we really enjoyed ourselves a lot. Uh, I know Radke, this is a, his first endeavor into the Delta Green scene with the mechanics and everything. And he said he really enjoyed it. I know he enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Junior enjoys it. And I know Sam and Tony, they enjoy it too. At some point, we're going to get these four agents together. We've already got a, a cohesive union that binds them together through the handler Heisenberg. That's right. You're damn right. And he's waiting for these agents to, to find the time to get together. But you know what you could do in the meantime? Head on over to RollTheHard20Podcast.com and visit the website there. Don't forget, check us out on all of our podcast apps. Uh, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Audible, and even pull the, the, the archives down from the website itself. Remember, leave us that five-star rating and review on whatever podcast you listen to the show on. I tell you, I can't tell you enough, it really helps us out. And, you know, if you guys feel inclined and you, you feel a little bit generous, please head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast. You know, even just a buck or two can really help out the show, and I hate to, I hate to be the guy to kind of to swing it out there and say, hey, can you pitch us anything? But you know what? I I, I got to do it for the show. And I've got some things coming down the pike. I'm trying to trying to work with some other people to help sponsor the show as well. And I want everybody out there to be part of this endeavor. Because I tell you what, I love producing material. And I hope you guys really enjoy listening to it. So I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Because I've, who knows how long, how long have I been going for? Obviously, three minutes. Oh my goodness. Anyways, warm up your dice and top off your glasses. Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents... Episode 3 of our Delta Green scenario, Deep Waters. Enjoy. So how's uh, everybody feeling after last episode? I feel like we're getting a little better control of the ship hopefully very very I mean, afraid well you guys are definitely getting more um getting the feel of you guys are out here that help was not coming you know that yeah. you're on your own and you know that i think according to your mission briefing that heisenberg said that you would have to wait on the ship for eight hours for the chopper to return after refueling you know, he goes back, refuels, and then makes his way back out. And that'll put you uh, somewhere around close to 2 a.m. is when they'll pick you up. So you figure I right think... now it's with all the time that you guys have done everything, by the time you got out there, it's probably close to maybe 8 o'clock at night now. Got about six hours until 0200. Yeah. So um, I think my character is wondering what's the route here because there's kill everybody on board so it never happened and then there's like like we were talking about on the last episode convince them that they're wrong and i don't know if that's going to be a route and like can we convert this guy because it doesn't seem like uh stevens is enjoying what i'm telling him well you know there's there is always a third possibility that heisenberg never brought up and that you have the ability to possibly turn somebody into a friendly that can be helpful to the mission. I know that a lot of published adventure paths that they put out, they have that kind of in place where you could say, well, if this certain officer, this deputy can help you do things and he could give you information that at some point you might be able to turn him into a friendly for 
use later on down the line. And that's always a possibility. And that's like an in the field judgment. But then again, you have to break the code of letting him know what you're there for and what you're what you're really doing. And it's kind of like the first rule of Fight Club. You know, Don't you talk about it. Yeah, you got to fight a first and second, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's the second rule or the third rule is you got to fight. Um, but yeah, you know, you're too old, I, fat man. Your tits are too big. <laughs> I, I like the feeling more of like miss not miss yeah i kind of like misleading them and getting them more on our side just to be cooperative because dealing with someone that's co-op cooperative versus someone that's against you just makes life a lot more challenging and he doesn't yeah, we know don't you're armed you know yeah like, so i no mean idea as, long that you're armed. As, as long as there's no you know real threat that they cause immediate you know at the moment we'll try to keep him as a as a friend and ally and if we get use out of him, great. If we don't, then I mean, Coldwell doesn't feel bad for just fucking leaving him. And that may be something that you may have to address. I mean, there's what is it right now? How many people you got? You've got Stevens, Gomez, Burke, Tomlin, and the catatonic guy. That's five people besides the two of you that are on this freighter. I mean, does he really count though? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, the catatonic person? Yeah. That's just one no, ammunition <laughs> away from not being around. But you know, it's there's not just you two, and then it leads into the whole humanitarian dilemma of what do you do? You know, do you try to stick around? Do you try to evac these guys? Do you see? Well, let's figure it out. Ready? All right. Ready. All right. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, and with me, the Hard Slingers. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing with us another episode of our Delta Green Scenario, Deep Waters, Episode 3. So when we last left off, you guys went and spoke at length to the first mate, Stevens. Actually, Ramirez, you did in the mean while you were doing that as a almost as a deterrent agent coldwell you had disabled the two life rafts throwing one set of spark plugs overboard and pocketing the other set and during that time you thought you saw something on the deck and when you went to investigate it it was no longer there so whether that was just the the lights and the wind playing tricks on your eyes who knows when you eventually joined Ramirez in the wheelhouse talking to Stevens, you guys convinced him that you weren't there to mean harm. Uh, you were there to try to help and get everybody home. But he had to be forthright with some of his information, which he was trying to do the best he could. And he, But he did inform you that whatever is on this freighter cannot be allowed to make landfall. In fact, he was very disappointed, and it even showed it in the first episode that you guys let the chopper take off without evacuating these guys off that ship. And then when now he's like, that that thing can't be allowed to come back and take us off until we know everything's safe to do so. You guys you then think... just... Oh, sorry, I'm like, I'm so ready to go. No, no, I was going to say, and then you guys decide you were going to go down and check out the bodies down in the freezer of the captain and the engineer. Yeah, well, we had to meet up with uh, the engineering room. I don't think we spoke to him yet. The engineer is dead. You want to go in the engineer room? Engineer room, yeah. Yeah, and speak with Burke, who had said, you know, meet me in 30 minutes for hot manly love. Forget your pants. Well, priorities, yeah. (laughs) Is it going to be sea bass down there? (laughs) That's what it was. It was sea bass. (laughs) Meet me here at noon for hot manly love or something like that. Every time I get there, I'm like the day after. It sucks. I never get there on the right, you know, man love day. Um, AM, PM. I know. I'm just going to start setting my own. That's the trick. It's going to have to be a camper. Got to be a camper. Uh, well, What a... Do you, you know, uh, if Stevens is right and there is something running around on the ship, there's potentially two other ones in there and i guess we're walking by so he like points right at the vessel um do you think we can get him to dump it back in the ocean well not knowing what we're really here for i mean we're not sure if they want this artifact or not 
Is there any way we could possibly put the lid back on? I mean, I know the genie's out of the bottle at this point, but for safety, you want to put the door back on? Is that what I'm understanding? Think that'd be, at least we could tell if something comes back out, we could try to push it or uh, <laughs> at least we can see if something else has snuck out of that thing while we've uh, been walking around. You want to well, go give the, a the door looked like however this this disc had opened when you first walked in. It looked as though the panel may have gone into the hull itself. You know, whether oh, okay. it retracted up or down. Star Trek style. style. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't laying on the ground. Oh. They were trying to cut through one side on the and a panel end, on right? the opposite side had opened. It you know, oh, didn't so fall off or anything, okay. but you didn't see anything else. So, hmm. Freaking Star Trek. That's right. Well, Romeo, were you able to hit any switches in there that activated anything? I didn't say anything like that. I tried to talk him into um, giving me more information. I'd like to know if there's any cameras out here that caught any of this stuff. Um, it'd be good for no information to be left later for somebody to see and uh, some looky-loo. We just make a search for that because, I mean, typically this is just a regular shrimping boat. Right. Go ahead and make a, right. make a search for that. Take my light and I'm just with the pen light looking around. Light. Too. Okay. 76. <clears throat> Damn it. That was over. Hey, you don't see anything, Coldwell. Yeah. I mean, it is just a regular shipping boat. I mean, who knows how much security they added to this thing afterwards. I guarantee if we look down in these in this hole, there ain't going to be no shrimp. Yeah. I mean, Do we even see nets around? I mean... Nope, no nets. Fucking liars. You know, for, for what you know, and the way it's its call sign is with its numbers. The Aqua Fortune is a shrimping freighter. That's all you know. We're talking earlier about kind of the humanitarian way to do this, and I know that in this game, mechanically, if we just go around shooting everybody, we lose sanity. And I don't think yes. my my character Romeo, he doesn't come from that background. He is not a fighter, so he's going to look for the the persuasive way to just clean it up and get out you know he doesn't want to kill everybody he wants to just uh obfuscate and find that way to do it i mean and, if killing them is if because you're worried about the sanity points we could always do like um drop which, a knife in the room and hey, we'll fix it on the back yeah okay, we'll fix your sanity on the back but the reality is is that is true anytime you kill somebody it's not whether or not you lose sanity it's it's how much you lose you will lose sanity uh, whether or not they're they're coming at you with a knife or they're they're just an innocent bystander or at some point if you're even your partner gets infected with something and you have to kill that person and then you know sometimes different types of body disposal you know whether you got to chop somebody up and and drop their bodies the off at the local zoo you break know, that's, their legs that's, to make that's them fit into a damage yeah you know i'm sure breaking legs and cutting off fingers isn't a big deal but like when you start getting into the finer aspects of compartmentalizing somebody <laughs> like that. I, <laughs> I think you start taking some damage there. So I think in, you know, and as not, not in a mechanical way either, he just, it's not who he is. He's not a military person. He's not, that that's not his first thought. Like, Oh, we'll just fuck him up. Yeah. And you there's, know? there's different people that wind up in this field that aren't operators. You know, they could be computer uh geeks or they could be somebody who's with the the forest service or whatever it, it's whatever skill that particular individual has that you need to be on this mission now whether or not you're expendable and they just put you on the mission to try to succeed that's something totally different so i do think your point of uh scoping out the engine room or down there and seeing you know what i mean what are options if we have to go that route what we want to do it's always good to have a contingency plan. Knowledge is power. Um, and no one is half the battle. All right. We'll go see Burke then? Yes. All right. okay. uh, make our way down to the engine room, which is... Now, which staircase did you guys use? I think we said the power of the left, but that would be starboard side starboard stern yeah or by the stern which is just 
forward of the disc. Literally, it's almost in the shadow of the edge of this disc. That's how close that those stairwells are. That makes sense? Power to the left. Crystal clear. Okay. So you make your way down the first set of steps. Down to the sub-level first floor. And you see that there's a long hallway that extends forward uh, to a doorway north. Uh, north to the, towards the bow and then one directly behind you towards the stern. And you, then you see that your staircase continues to go down as well. And you know that lower is where the engine room will be. Down the hold plan? Yeah, keep, and go, keep going down. It, it would bring you down that way. So. Yeah, we'll be keeping pretty close to each other still. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid that something's going to jump out of the shadows on me. Okay. I'm afraid of Romeo falling down the stairs and landing on top of me. Yeah. Since his ankle's a little weak. Okay, it's, it is darker down in the hole. Uh, you could definitely tell that they don't run a lot of accommodating illumination down here. That's mostly like single bulbs sporadically placed. Uh, you don't hear any noise coming from the lower hold either, which is probably a good indicator that the engine isn't on. Okay. We don't hear any generators or anything like that. That's uh, Would that be like a different compartment? That might be a, in a different area. Um as you start making your way down, you find yourself in the auxiliary machinery space. And you see that there are some panels that have some lights lit up on on some dials and whatnot. Basically, that's probably telling you how any type of energy is being allocated throughout the freighter. You okay. see that there's other lockers that denote spare parts or fluids or, or whatnot. And you see that there is in the forward bulkhead and open doorway. Let me describe this, this auxiliary machine space, by the way. Yes, as, yes, you, yes, as you guys, yeah. as you guys come down the stairs, you guys are still straddling along the starboard bulkhead. As you come and you turn to your right, which makes you look towards the center of this large auxiliary machinery space. You see it's probably about 30 feet from well, probably not that. Probably like 20 feet from starboard to port. You see it's maybe 15 feet from bow to stern in this room. And you see in the middle of each bulkhead that denotes this room that there is an open doorway. One leading, Each one leading into a different, you know, either going towards the bow or towards the stern. I know they were talking about butane, using those butane torches, right? To cut into the vessel. Um, can we look around for anything like that? Is there any sort of, um, I know it says machinery, but like tools? Yeah, it is basically a tool room itself. You know that uh, you know they have different welders in here. They've got toolboxes that are already open with screwdrivers and hammers and all these other things. You see couplers that they would use to weld in place around pipes and stuff, or you see plates that they would maybe put it put alongside the hole and weld in place if they start leaking or whatever and you do see a lot of that stuff around you see welders masks there's two Does of anything those. look explosive like propane like the oxygen tanks if propane they got torches propane accessories <laughs> you see that there is one stand-up that's about three foot tall that has the tanks and then you see smaller ones who are probably more for portable use to to take around and there's two portables and one large one that's on like a hand truck that you would see like in mm -hmm. a shop or something. There's two welder's masks. There's two toolboxes that have the different drivers and, and wrenches and hammers and whatnot. And then other shelves and lockers and stuff that have uh, like machinist aprons. Definitely like bring that to Coldwell's attention. Like if we need this stuff, we know where to come get it. Yeah, Coldwell's kind of making a mental note. Is there like any other paneling or anything? Because I know this is generally like a like a tool room is is how you're describing it. There's yeah, no... I mean, but there there is a control panel along the the port bulkhead that has dials and knobs and switches. There's a few that are illuminated as well. Okay, uh, 
Cobalt wants to make his way over and do a quick examination of it. Uh, okay. See if he could figure out where it's an electrical panel, correct? That's correct. Okay. Figure out like if he could cut off certain sections of power through the ship or what, what's generally, you know, in front of him. Okay. 64 search. That's going to be a fail. Look, looking <laughs> looking at the panel, you see it says battery one, battery two, battery three, all the way through battery six. You see allocations, you know, forward, hull, freezer, all these other things. But but the dials and the switches, even though they're all labeled, you're not really sure what you would flip or trip to cut off certain Sections. portions. Yeah, to disable certain areas, you're not really sure. Not like a circuit breaker in your house where you're like, 19! Yeah. You know, there goes the microwave when you really wanted, you know, the bathroom off. It's almost one of those things where you have to take them all and just, you know, just kill them all at the same time. Crush the tree. Yeah. I will say this, too. The only person on this boat that probably has any mechanical aptitude to fix anything that we do is probably Pedro. I mean, we saw his hands. You mean the one living, right? (laughs) Was it? Yeah. That's his name. Pedro. Yeah, and you haven't seen him, not in a while. Damn, Jose. He was a, he was a hallucination. <laughs> um, a construct okay. of some kind. <laughs> Glitch of the Matrix. I feel like, again, like we could totally just start exploding this place and bring this thing down, but I feel like my character would do that. Like We would just be like, let's demolition it. Let's sink yeah. the whole place. Like let's, I still want to search for that good, like bring everybody together, because then that the catatonic guy would just be sentenced him to death when maybe he could live or be cured yeah yep um yeah let's go see burt all right entering the engine room okay so you go through the bow or the the forward bulkhead that leads you right into the engine room this engine room is the same width uh i guess it was 30 feet from starboard to port Actually, I think I said it was 20 feet from starboard to port. You see there are these two large engines that occupy this room. They go from the bow all the way to the stern portion of this room. I should probably say the forward bulkhead to the rear bulkhead. I think that they're they're denoted by bulkheads when you enter different compartments. Um, they're probably about seven feet wide and maybe... I'm going to say like 12 feet long. The room itself is probably 20 feet. You see there's a switchboard that's nestled right between them, as well as other complicated machinery, most likely which engage these engines to do what they do. And and however, but you don't see another exit out of this compartment. It's like, this is the only way in. In fact, it's, it's ironic that you guys chose that particular stair, stairwell to go down originally because this looks like it is the only one that would have brought you to the engine room. Nice. Good job, boys. Nice. Good on. And you see that in, in this engine room that there's a couple of red lights that are lit up. Nothing bright at all. Almost gives you that, that submarine feeling to it. Very down periscope. Yes. Um, and as you walk in, make a search check, both of you. Trying different dice this time. Oops. Maybe I should get the correct ones, though. Fuck, 75 over 50. I need to get a new. 35. Search, 35. That's pass. Under 50. Ramirez says you're looking around, you're checking out these large engines, the switchboard, all this other stuff that's going on. But you, Coldwell, you're... Because of your history, your background, you're not looking at the machinery. You're looking for a particular person, and you actually see somebody hiding behind the engine, the the forward portion of the port engine. You see somebody kind of peeking around, watching YouTube both enter. It looks I like it's watching YouTube. <laughs> it it actually looks like Burke. How do you have access to that down here? Identify um, yourself, stranger. Come out in the light. Is that you, agents? Her? Yeah. 
You see Brooke you come out. And he's wiping his hands on his on his jacket, trying to you know clean him up or whatever, because everything around her just smells like like oil, like fuel and everything. He's uh, were you guys followed down here? How'd you guys get away from everybody else? There's nobody else to follow us. Everybody else disappeared. Tomlin, Stevens. What about, what about Gomez? Haven't seen Gomez. Gomez is up at the wheelhouse still. Gomez. Sorry, Stevens still at the wheelhouse. We thought Pedro was with you. No, no, that crazy fucker. No. I think Look, uh, uh, Ramirez goes to light a cigarette and thinks better of it. Don't yeah. do that. No. He's like, puts it behind his ear. You know. Thank you. Yeah. I have no desire to die. Certainly not out here with that thing running around on board. Look, um, you're going to be able to get us off this freighter, right? Absolutely. Doing the best we can. Okay. Um, what can I help? How can I help you guys to make that happen? To get me out of here? Well, you called us down here because you said you had something <clears throat> to tell us. So what uh what what do you want what do you want to tell us like i was telling uh, the first mate up there we just want to find out what exactly is going on and we there are two dead bodies and uh we're not really sure what happened you know what what information can you give us and he kind of looks between you two guys to, to make sure that nobody else is coming into the engine room and he's like look i just this this whole mission has gotten out of control here um we should have never brought that thing up from the ocean floor, ever. I mean, Captain and Stevens—they've, you know, they've been—we've been trolling the sea for a while now, basically looking for this thing. And it's not an accident that we happened to come across this thing. We weren't just trolling the floor for shrimp, obviously. You know, <laughs> obviously, this isn't even a shrimping freighter. Well, Stevens told us that you've been through, and he's just going to, like, quote all the stuff on the map. Yeah, Stevens told us you'd already been through. Eh, 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 eh. Yeah, we have been. Um, basically, checking boxes to get where we need to be until we eventually found it. And if we didn't find it there, we would check that box and move on to the next location, too. Um, have you guys ever heard of Project Rainbow? Have we? Well, let's find out. Is that a history? That would be a Rainbow history Pony. Chart. A cult. 16. Oh, That's hell yeah. Thing. What are we rolling under for four? No. Oh, damn it. No, I'll go with 10. history. History of it. Or even That's science. A... Military science, maybe. I got 38 under 40. Okay. Okay, I got 14 over Ooh. 10 for history. So I failed on that one. You wanted uh, science? No, I just wanted you to make one roll. Okay. Okay. So, Coldwell, you never heard of this, but Ramirez, you've you've heard talk about Project Rainbow. It had something to do with the Philadelphia experiment back in the back in the '40s, and that's really all you know about that. That it had something to do with that, whether or not it was real or not. So, what is the Philadelphia experiment? I I don't know anything about it. Sorry. Uh, this is where the military tried to make a, a ship disappear from radar. That's basically what it, what it did. And it actually, they, they believe that the ship had disappeared completely. So for like a certain of. amount of time and then yeah. was brought back in that, you know, Burke looks at you and, and says, have you ever heard of Project Rainbow? I mean, how, how read in are you on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't write a thesis about it, but... Um, I know they were trying to make ships disappear, uh, sort of camouflage, something like that. Yeah, the uh, the whole uh, Philadelphia experiment, that whole thing that everybody says was a farce where they try to make the, the Eldridge disappear. Well, I'm too young to know whether or not that happened. Folklore says that the ship actually vanished for a certain amount of time and then came back with with crew members half embedded in the bulk hold or you know their insides inside out and, and all this other stuff uh, 
all, all in their attempt to make this ship invisible to radar. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But in the 1940s, an EMF projector was created known as a Tillinghast resonator that was capable of, of emitting this inverse or basically a collapsed electromagnetic field. It basically created a miniature black hole. And back in the day, our government was using these Tillinghast resonators as a way to bring UFOs down, basically shooting them out of the sky until the great UFO flap over DC in the 50s, which basically they said, you know, we've had enough of you knocking our ships out of the sky, don't do it again, in which case we promptly stopped. But a lot of these ships back in the day were outfitted with these Telengast resonators and were going around popping these UFOs out of the sky. And that's that's basically what we're collecting right now is is all these things that that we brought down that haven't been policed up yet. And so we know of certain areas based on certain ships and where they were uh, when they brought these things down. And we're just, we're going out picking these things up. And believe me, the last thing I ever expected was for anything on board one of these vessels to still be alive. Who are you all working for? Now, don't bullshit me now. Come on. Look. I'm not going to bullshit you, but I will not tell you who I'm working for. I'll tell you the specifics of things. Listen, I saw Muscatonic University, tarps outside. You're talking about UFOs. Muscatonic University is yeah. just a... They're a paycheck for us. They're the ones that are help funding a portion of this, not the whole thing. They get a they get a little bit on the back end. They get they're pervy to some of the the technology that we come up with. They're pervy to some of the biological material that we recover from these ships. If you know what I mean. I mean they got their hands in everything and they're passing it up the line, but their take of it is is pretty small compared to what everything else is going on. I mean, the black budget for this is huge. So Why are your... you telling us all this? Because from my understanding, it's the only way I'm going to get out of this thing. And besides, you just told me Stevens told you everything. Everything you just told me that Stevens told That's you right. aligns with what, what we're out here for. So if Stevens has already read you in on this, unless you've been read in on this mission briefing before you ever put your boots on the deck you're either already part of us or you've been read into the mission we just want to make sure everyone's stories align what can you tell me about this other uh, agency do you know have an idea of what they plan to do with these fallen aircrafts whether they're planning it to weaponize it or uh -huh. just trying to understand its defense I'm just an independent contractor with a scientific PhD. They just have me here to ensure that whatever biological material we pull out of this thing is still viable and hasn't been compromised by the elements of the salt water. Anything outside of that, I, I don't know where it's going. I don't know how much they're paying for it. I don't know what they're, what the end usage is of this. For all I know, they could be part of green planet and just trying to clean up the ocean by picking up the beer can ufo off the floor of it so your mission was mainly just to obtain this object and report back obtain the object make sure whether or not the biological material meaning pilot and or pilots are still viable and bring whatever we have back home. All right. I feel like I want to talk to Colwell again by ourselves. Knock him out with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding up like it, then? Yeah. Look, I, I don't want to 
<clears throat> I don't want you to think I'm on your side, guys. I believe in my cause, even though I'm, I'm well paid for what I do. I just need to get my ass back to land. I need to get home. Can you guys make that happen? And how soon, if you can? Can we read him? Does he seem... Yeah, make infected? a Hume Int check. Which is basically checking to see if somebody's on the up and up, if somebody's lying. 47. Fuck no, that's a 70. 70 oh. over 60. 47. You make it? Under 60, yeah. Oh. Under 60. He sounds legit. He's not trying to trying to bullshit you whatsoever. Hmm. Now, whether or not he has other motives, he hasn't said. But he definitely, everything he's told you about the telling gas resonator and about trying to get the hell off and about the purpose of, of why they're out here and, and pulling up the disc and everything else, everything he's told you, you can bet on that it's it's true. Okay. Also, you said when we first came in, he was kind of hiding, even though he was expecting us. Mm -hmm. um, does he still seem kind of like finicky looking around, like as he's telling this? Yeah, this he's very jittery. He's very worried. Okay. Uh, can I roll another one? Or do you want, I want to mainly ask him what he's afraid of, but I want to see if I could get the information from him, uh, whether I have to persuade him or do another uh, human check. Well, doing a human is just to see if somebody's lying or on the up and up. You could try to persuade him if you think that may help, or you can just ask him. And All then right. if he if he says no, then you could try to persuade him. All right. Um, well, Birch, I mean, are you all right? You, are you worried about this thing coming after you, or is there something else that is on this ship that you're a little cautious about? Well, of course I'm worried about this thing coming after me you should be worried about this thing coming after you as well but it's you got to understand that this mission is a very top secret high priority mission and it's just not a captain and a first mate piloting this thing and a bunch of scientists this mission is protected by two security officers very highly trained and one of them is dead the other one is not. And he has very explicit orders that if shit gets out of hand, that he needs to make sure that none of this information reaches the mainland. And if that includes the expenditure of the scientists and the crew, he'll do it. Where is a, where is Gomez at this point? I, I, I say to him. I don't even know. But that guy is so, a crazy fucker. And I take that, I'm saying that, like, because he's referencing somebody's here to keep an eye on it and the one that's not dead. So I say the Pedro thing to see if he's like, what's Pedro got to do anything with it? No, he doesn't say that at all. He's, in fact, he says. So it's definitely Pedro. If, if anything. Kicking, ass kicker. If anything, it. he's probably on a heightened earlier because his partner got killed as well. The engineer grew. That was the other security officer as well. Yeah, and that's the one that's smoked, right? Yeah, he one and the smoked, died. and yeah, yeah, two of them are dead. Like a blunt. Yeah. Let's um, I I, I think I, I'm gonna pull Colwell and be like, we we need to have a minute, and uh, maybe walk him back over to the machinery side. And he goes back over, and he's kind of like looking around, just just fidgety as all hell right now. Yeah, you don't look you don't look right, but I I believe everything he says. I mean, so far his story aligns with what the first mate said. I mean, how much do you think we can trust these guys if they're all uh, already on some kind of secret mission? I mean, that's what we're doing. Can we just work with them? <gasps> yeah. There's something behind you. You see Burke pointing like towards the the bulkhead that you guys had just walked through and you see him actually kind of fade back a little like as far as he can get to to try to hide okay um uh, what is it <laughs> concerned turned around 
And as he's looking, he's, it's not there anymore. Fooled you. There was something there. I, I swear there was something right there. Low to the ground. What'd it look like? I don't know. I just saw something low, small to the ground, large eyes. Ramirez drops down to a knee, like even with his busted up ankle. And he's like, ugh. And he's going to start looking underneath the machinery, see if he spot anything with the uh, the pen light he's got. Do I see anything? And he's freaking out to the point where he actually takes four points of sanity damage. Just from Shit. from experiencing that. I mean, he's, he's basically shaken at this point and close to probably pissing his smock. Shit. Should we take him out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's go. If, if I, I don't see anything and he's freaking out, let's go. Grab that guy and start moving. Because there's something... There's something I'll, down uh, here. Cold will go aid Birch and try to help him out. You just you see that he's just... He almost feels like dead weight. Like it would require a strength check to, to get him up the stairs. Because he just doesn't... His legs are jelly at this point. All right, strength check. Yes. Fifty-seven. Pass. Okay. You get him up, and you start moving him towards the stairs, and you see that he's just—he's starting to drool, just like catatonic. Just yeah, he's just starting to to blink out at this point. I think you see. Um, so Coldwell's pushing the guy in front of him. And um, Ramirez is like back to back with Colwell and he's got the pen light and he's just from side to side to side and he's looking for anything that's coming behind us. From behind you guys. Okay. Yeah. He's just walking back to back with Coldwell. Okay. Um, Make a search check like the, while you're doing that. What's up? Make a search check while you're doing that. Or an alertness. Sorry. Of 88 over 40. Okay. You don't see anything. You're fairly certain that nothing's behind you, but you can't tell even with the the pin light and you're you're fanning it back and forth, back and forth. Come on, Cole, we'll get up the stairs, get up the stairs. You know, we gotta get topside. You know, eventually you guys make so it creepy. to the next level up, which is one level be, below the top deck. Cold one, I need you to make another strength check to see if you can keep taking this guy up. Okay. Um, before we leave the door, since we're at the lower compartments, are these uh, you're at the mid like... compartment at this point? Okay, but before we left, uh, okay, was there locks on these doors? Like you know, like how you see like in the movie, they got the yeah. There, there's nothing prevent water flow. There's no door that leads into the engine room compartment. There is a door that leads from that aux machine auxiliary compartment into the aft compartment which is probably where they keep all the fuel and stuff. Uh, that does have a, a sealable uh, okay. door that has the, the wheel on it. Is right, that we'll something you wanted to do? Seal whatever door. It is. If there is something down there, hopefully it's not Gomez. But Okay, so you've sealed that. And you could dog it if you want, but it has to be dogged so on you this said side. there's no other way into that room, so... That I was mean, on the, could... the engineer. That was on the... The engineer where the where the engines were at. Engine There's no room. way okay. into that one. The other room that's to the stern of that, you don't know because you didn't go in there, but I'm assuming that you guys had closed that particular door or that hatch and dogged it off. So Yeah. Oh, we're dogging it. Try to Yeah. So you make okay. it back up to the second level. Go and okay. make that strength check to continue to get this guy up one more level. I got a ten and a zero. That's not a hundred, that's ten, right? Yes. Perfect. Then I pass. Okay, so you bring him up to the top deck. You see the disc still there. You're in the shadow of this large disc. Where you want to take this guy? Because you know that forward is where all the the cabins are for the individual crew, crew members. members. Same with the freezer, right? Yes, it is. The freezer is forward of the of those cabins as well. If you look on the the map of the freighter you'll see that the only door in is i can't see because i don't have my glasses on 
actually there's two doors uh, one is on the starboard side one's on the port side and you'll see that there's uh, crew compartments and then forward of all the crew compartments is the freezer space and the cold storage most likely it's in that one freezer space where the two dead bodies are in the lounge that's against the port side that was actually converted into the sick bay okay and that's kind of where we actually that would actually be a great spot to go right now okay and i'll i'll tell uh romeo that as well you know hey i mean maybe we should drop this guy at the sick bay and then we'll get a chance to see no, we'll the gentleman that's in there yeah we could numbers. use it as a use him as an excuse mm -hmm. yeah he's having some sort of reaction he needs to, you know, have some smelling salts or something. Okay. As as we go along, do we see any of the other crew members? I mean, there was only a handful of them, but you do don't see, see him. You don't see Tomlin or anybody else so far. Okay. Um, but then again, it's dark. Like I said, your visibility is maybe ten feet. Yeah, I just imagine the the giant ship line out with you know it those is red bulbs. <sighs> And you're carrying this guy, you know, you're just, you're just trying to get past the buffeting winds and, and keep, keep your center of gravity low. So you don't pitch yourself off to the side, you know? So is that I feel like we've run up against like another Delta green team or something, you know, with the way they're talking about top secret and they've got somebody here to keep, you know, keep, keep the secrets from getting out or whatever. I'm like, is this like a cross agency kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so you enter the door. You see there's a hallway. There's all kinds of cabin doors along the along the port side. And you see something that's probably maybe 20 feet down in the middle of the hallway. It looks like a like a mound of yellow jacket and something that from where you are just coming in the door, you really can't tell what it is at this distance. Is it one of the yellow jackets like we're wearing? It looks very similar to it, yeah. How far is, okay. is it? It's about 20 feet. But the, the way it it's in a pile on the floor, it's hard to tell what it is. It looks like it's a, a kaleidoscope of different colors, like like brown, yellow, red. It's hard to tell. See that up there, Romeo? You want to go? Yeah. What is that? And he takes and he kind of puts the light on it, or tries to put the light on it. Let's uh, let let's be cautious. You still carrying this? Burke I'm still carrying, you. yeah, I'm still carrying Burke with me. So I'm kind of like hunched over with him kind of in the front. So yeah, I'm going to say like Burke, like maybe you wait here. And he kind of like pushes them up against the side. Like just wait here for a second. Okay. It'd be better to have uh, all of our hands free. Yeah. Place him somewhere. He doesn't go overboard. Yeah. We so just, as, like, you, tie him. as you move forward towards whatever this is on the, in the hallway, you pass the sick bay on your left. You see a, another door that says shower. And Ramirez, as you're fanning this this light across the, you know, whatever this thing is, you see the light glint and glimmer in the reflection of this red liquid that's in the middle of the hallway that seems to be coming from this, this puddle. And as you get closer, you recognize that it's a crewman's jacket. And you could see the aqua fortune uh emblems on the sleeves the upper sleeves and from where you are you can't tell but it definitely looks like somebody's either dead or dying in the middle of the hallway all right he's gonna walk up and uh, see what's going on can he get a look at the thing's face uh oh, shit. it's face down hood over its over its head imagine uh Coldwell on like the other side kind of like spreading around this thing so we're not just you know standing next to each other <laughs> kind of like <laughs> like giving yourself a, a clear 
thing. Yeah, just trying oh, to go investigate. On, like straight up CPR. He's like, "Are you okay?" And then he looks at Caldwell. He's like, "You call nine one one." And there's no response I, coming from this this prone figure, and you still have yet to be able to tell who it is. I'm gonna flip it over. Flip it for he has like, name. Just kidding, you know, <laughs> like slowly. You flip it over and. From what you can tell beyond the bullet hole in its face is the hair coloring and features are that of Tomlin. The individual that Burke was just arguing with probably about an hour earlier topside right outside of the disc. Shit. I mean, whatever took him out, took him out point blank right. And I need for you both to make a sanity check as well as my homeboy. Yeah. Oh, 42 man. under 64. 19. Sanity. Where's Sanity? I had a question yeah, about six, that. Too. So did you 16. pass? 19. Yeah. I, I passed. Okay. You both take one point, and so does Burke. And at this point, his legs completely give out, and he just like slumps against the wall, and he's just. He's done. He's got nothing left to say. He's got nothing left in the tank at that point. Fuck. Well, this guy's useless. Just wanted to leave him here. <laughs> Man overboard. Man overboard. Um. So the, all that's left is Stevens, Gomez, and Burke. You said it was point blank. I think point blank his head would have been disintegrated. I can't tell whether what he used. If it was yeah, like a thirty-eight, it's like a nine, a. 45 uh through my experience well it wasn't no it was not a 22 and um like i said from what's left of the the outer circumference of his face and hair you could tell that's who it was but there's as far as facial features there's really nothing was he hit like between the eyes in the mouth uh probably close to just off center but right next to the right eye good question do we see a weapon is he holding it? Make a search check. No. Actually, you wouldn't even need to do that. That would be say. ridiculous. <laughs> You're just looking down and you don't see a weapon at all. But okay. he obviously isn't like... No. No, okay. it didn't take take it that way. Well, it's close okay. enough to someone. It's only a few people on this ship. I mean... In this kind of situation, you know? you know, if you're desperate, anything could happen. And as you're yeah. looking down at this, this, in, this deceased individual... You hear a scream, just this blood-curdling scream coming from behind you, from the first door that you passed when you entered this hallway, the one that said sick bay. You just... I mean, it's to the point where it's just... It's, it's nerve-wracking, you know? It's just... But it's behind a closed door, right? Yes, it's behind like a we closed door. We get the feeling it's okay. Uh, Coldwell wants to do a quick search of the body, see if there's anything in his pockets. Okay. Uh, name tag, flash drives, anything. 67. Fuck, I'm not rolling well. I failed the search check. You don't find anything, apparently, in, in any of the the most notable pockets and patting him down, you don't come across anything either. Ramirez, what did you say you wanted to do? Just stand up and get ready in case somebody comes out of the door or something. Get your yeah. pen light ready. Hell yeah, <laughs> I got my order. You don't hear anybody coming out of the room. You just still hear this. Ah, 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 what are we done? I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Does Birch hey, even it, respond like, to this? Honestly. Sorry, what? Does Birch respond to any of this? Or is he just yeah, on the floor with his thumb in his Burke mouth? Birch is just kinda... like, his head is lolling from side to side. Eyes just wild with with fear, drool coming out. You know, just completely done Shoot at him. this point. He probably couldn't even tell you what his name is, let alone respond to you calling his name. Okay. I think we'll concentrate on the the guy screaming inside. All right. Um, I'll open the door if you want to, like, look in. Okay. In case the person okay. jumps. Is it uh, still uh, shitty lighting in there, or, like, the red lighting? 
No, it's it's just a low lit, like a one of those doctors hooded little desk lamps. Oh, okay. You know, but that's the only light. You open the door. Are you? Can I see inside? Yeah. Yeah. As you open the door, door, inside. You see that there's a a gurney, a bed that's in the middle, you know, against the wall, and you see an individual that's that's loosely tied to it. You could tell that he's struggling so much to actually try to break free from his bonds. He's an older guy, straight black hair. He's got rings under his eyes, just this mad look, you know, drool having dried and, and wetted and dried again all along his chin and stubble along his his, his jowls and whatnot. And he's, you could I gotta go. I gotta go find Lester. Get me out, get me out. And you could see his muscles are just flexing like it's, He's doing everything he can to try to break free from these bonds that have got him um, basically tied down. Are you Mac Morgan? And he actually snaps one of them free and starts fumbling with the other one. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. Coldwell wants to go over and prevent him to from doing that. He looks at you and he attempts to to bat your hand away, which is failing miserably to to beat your hand off. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Can't beat me off. <laughs> At least not with one hand. You need two hands to beat me off for free. It's a free action, Sir, sir, right? we're here to help. Calm down. Calm down. <sighs> he, he's. He's completely not even paying attention to you. He's in a in his own world. Lester, I'm coming, I'm coming. You see now that he's got both hands free, he's he's starting to release the straps around his ankles. Is there any way we could like try to get him to get back into his restraints? <laughs> <laughs> Hit him in the face. It it honestly it looks like any type of a rational conversation is not going to happen with this guy. All right. Like, are we going to let this happen? Would, like, what do you want to do, Caldwell? Is there any, like, uh, since this is a, is this a makeshift sick room? Like, it was used to be, like, someone's cabin, and they just made it into a, a sick room? It looks like it probably at one time it was a laundry room. Do I see any chloroform? I'm sorry, it, it was, was a lounge. Say. It was a lounge at one time. Uh, Laundry room would have worked good. Maybe some bleach and something else, make some chloroform. No, but it's I was just been, saying. It, do we see? Uh, I was gonna say it looks like it's been re, reconstituted into something else, for whatever this is now. Like you could tell that this ship is a shrimping freighter. The problem is it's it's been recommissioned into something else. Okay. Um, any vials of like. Uh, I don't know, like painkillers or anything like that. Like, make a yeah, make a medicine check. I think I have. I have zero percent on. Oh, that's military science. Sorry, medicine. No, I don't have anything in medicine. Can I still okay. make the roll? No, you can't. Okay. Unless you can give me something right else that you might like. Yeah, David thinks take a wrench and hit him in the head, but I think Ramirez is just looking around the room completely aghast, like his, this guy's getting off the table. What are we going to do? His screeching at this point is becoming so unnerving that it you feel like it could actually have a long-term unsettling effect on both of you if it's not brought Can under I control. Can I try to persuade him? Like, we will let you, we'll help you out. Calm down. I'm going to say no. I'm not even going to let you waste your role on that because he right. looks like he's he's not having it. He doesn't even recognize his own name. When when Coldwell came in and tried to, to reason with him and say his name and stuff, this guy, he was just all about getting to Lester. And, you know, he's still ben. screaming and panting. You know, he's... Sir, Lester is dead. He's, he's hoarse in the throat yeah. at this point. <laughs> uh, fuck you, Gru. I'll kill you, Gru. I'll kill you. All right, with Coldwell, without even looking around the room, he just pulls out his pistol and whips this guy in the back of the neck to knock him out. Okay, why don't you go ahead and make that a, uh, a melee attack? 
Oh, fuck. He's swarming around. Let's see. Melee attack. Blah, blah, blah. Do I have that? The 20 plus your melee. Wrong game. Wrong game. Yeah. I would probably go strength, strength times strength. five. Then that is a pass because I got a 15. Okay. Nice. So he just knocks him out cold. Yeah. He's and like, it, fuck, he's annoying. Like, starts putting his, like, restraints back just in case. Roll a 1d6. 1d6. Oh, six. Six. So you crank him in the head, and he <laughs> oh, he goes completely out. Just... Is he breathing? Yeah. Check for a pulse to see if I didn't kill him. It doesn't look like he's breathing any longer. It looks he's like, breathing. Looks like whatever you had done... Did something gnarly so uh why don't we make a sand check on that all right both of us uh no just him eighty one that's gonna fail okay you take one point of sanity damage just knowing that you've had to it was something that you didn't mean to do but you probably felt that sooner or later you were going to take that kind of mental damage if you let him live or let him keep just it's like being keep next barking. to a baby crying at, at a restaurant you know after a while it's just you would know this david as a as a parent when you when your child won't go Mother to sleep at night and then ever, every once in a while and then like even after they they go to sleep you hear those phantom cries like you feel like you can still keep hearing that that crying going on Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know that very well too, but uh love my kids. Glad they don't cry that often anymore. Yeah, my kids are older too. It's great. Um, only when they need so more money. Ramirez is yeah, they cry in a different way now. Yeah. Um Phantom crying for money. Um he's like hey hey, hey man, uh, he's in a better place now. I think okay. so. But he, damn, he, he was too loud. What Didn't was he saying up. about Gru? He said he wanted to kill Gru. I know he was looking for his captain. Uh, other than that, I couldn't make heads or tails of what this crazy nut job was yelling about. <laughs> this crazy fucker. Since Burke is worth just, the point. Yeah. <laughs> Burke is like completely out of it. I'm just gonna speak freely with it and just be like, I feel like we ran into another crew up here, man. Like if they're here to cover this up, maybe we can get them to throw this thing in the ocean and bomb the whatever. Yeah, we still got a few more hours on here, though. I mean, the wild card right now is Pedro. We still got to find that little fucker. I know he's swarming around here somewhere. Him. Yeah, call him up to the top and we'll just talk to him. You think he's going to come willingly? I mean, if he's hiding, I mean, he's hiding for a reason. He might be. I mean, if he knows where we are, if he's here to kill everybody, he's going to come try to find us, right? Give him a target. Ooh, maybe that's what we do. We'll call him up and you can wait outside. And if he comes in and gets cute, bing, bing, bing. Okay, so what are we doing? Get a little sexy. All right, yeah. so Caldwell's going to get naked. It's the best way to attack. <laughs> Can't hold on to that. Element right. right. of surprise is what you always want. And they that's never right. expect a naked guy. Now, don't judge me. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I think maybe that will take Burke up to the... Um, to the um, the mess or whatever it was. I'm gonna look at wheelhouse. The, the wheelhouse. Yeah, to the wheelhouse. Thank you, Stevens. And um, uh, make sure Stevens is okay. But then, like they did to us, call Pedro to the wheelhouse. Like <laughs> all hands to the wheelhouse. Or maybe Pedro. we won't even say Pedro. We'll just say everybody, please report to the wheelhouse. And if he comes in and gets cute, we have Caldwell in the shadow with his gun <laughs> and, and gets cute. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. Okay. So you guys make your way. Tell me what you're doing. Describe for me. I, I'm, I don't want to narrate you through your steps. You tell me how you're doing this. Romy, you want to head up to the top and see where we could find some cover? That way I could hide behind. Sure. sure I mean, sure. we're going to so, we're going to call him at the wheelhouse. So what would be the best area? Um, maybe where the up. life rafts are, you could get behind like you were before. You already kind of got that scoped out, right? Yeah. I mean, that could be the best place. I mean, I don't have too much cover there. If everyone was in the wheelhouse, 
We'd have to mm. distract him a little bit, but we're just looking for Pedro. How There's big is the one way up itself? there? Are there like an area? Are there multiple rooms? Maybe you could just go hide like behind a shower curtain or something. I think it's like a big room. Or not I would a say that the room, wheelhouse is room. probably um, maybe 15 by 15. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's okay. anywhere to hide inside of it. I think you should just go outside and it's but, at nighttime, so it's going to be shadowy. But if you can look through and, you know, see what's happening. I think I could do that with the because the, is the door on the port. There's two doors, right? Port and starboard side to Into the, wheelhouse. the wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say there's one on each side. OK. I would say probably stand on the starboard side, the right side of the wheelhouse by the life raft okay and i'll i'll monitor through there and i'm gonna check to see if any of the doors are locked or anything okay so you're you you're on the the deck below that right coldwell like just below instead of going up those stairs or well the just, life rafts just... are up on the top i think right okay so you're right next to that then as kind of like yeah looking at point. looking at the hatch as he opens up the hatch or or are you just checking to see if it's unlocked, Ramirez? Yes. Okay, it is unlocked. Okay. I just don't want to get into a situation and it's like, oh, actually the door was locked and it's broken off and there's no hinge no, now. No, it, it's not locked at all. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll walk in and if um, the first mate is there, he's going to be like, it's a pretty big situation. Um, you know, look at Burke. So you go inside. Mm -hmm. And you see there's the wheelhouse. And it looks a little different. You okay. see that all the paperwork that was on the con is gone. The book is gone. The maps are gone. And over in the corner, you see Stevens slumped in the corner with blood coming out of his head. Oh, fucking course. And that is where we will end this session. Good one. Pedro. Like I said, I feel like they're doing our work for us, man. This is great. We just stay alive long enough. Yeah. We just don't have to witness the murders and we'll be uh, saving ourselves standard points. Sound as a pound. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We've also got a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over there and hit that like bell, and don't forget to subscribe. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to check us out and look for us out there. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can also download the current show directly and view our archives and galleries. we got a lot of interesting stuff posted there, so head on over. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So, until next session... Keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.